0: Yeah,
1: Friday. You have reached episode twenty-three of the Ranting Weight Watcher. I am your host, Donato Russo. I hope you enjoy the show today. If this is your first time here and you enjoy the show, please like, share, comment, and subscribe. If the podcast app you're listening to me on allows you to rate the show, please leave a four-star or five-star rating any rating you leave is appreciated how's everybody doing today aren't you glad it's friday god i'm glad it's friday tomorrow's way day and i'm looking forward to getting on that scale Sounds crazy, doesn't it? Maybe one day you'll be lucky enough to be excited about weigh-in day once in a while. I'm not always excited about weigh-in day, but sometimes I live for the moments where I'm just trying to get to the next weigh-in day. You know, like I get I get Saturday's result. And I'm like, okay, let's forward to the next, let's fast forward to the next week so I can get the next scale result, <laughs> you know? And uh, it's just, I understand it's not living life. I, yeah, I get all that, you know, but I'm very, I'm very results oriented and uh, I just want to see the number go down. That's it. That is it. I just want to see the number go down. Let's get into this journey updates. Okay, guys, not a great week. Uh, I've gained a pound this week. So my total so far for the month of January is minus 15.2 pounds. Um, I have officially one pound to lose. See what if you're for if this is your first time here. Whenever I gain up any amount of weight, it then now becomes a short-term goal to make sure I lose all of that gain, and then I can go back to my other goals. All right, so I have one pound of my gain to lose. The total amount of weight I've lost since January 2019 is 110.4 pounds. Uh, I do have a goal to get to 277 pounds. It is a small goal of mine. And this is the reason I have this goal is because I was 277 when I first started dating my wife. That's the first reason. And it is also the lowest number I achieved after having the gastric bypass surgery before I started to gain weight again. And so I'd like to get back there. So I have 18 point, I'm sorry, 8.2 pounds remaining to get to 277. I have 14.6 pounds to get to the next WW milestone, which is the minus 125 milestone. And my pounds to get to my big goal of losing 200 pounds is 89.6 pounds. So not a great week, but not a bad week either. I mean, I've had gains before and, you know, I've said it before. It's funny. I don't know that I've ever had three consecutive losses in a row ever since I started. It's always like this, uh, this correction that happens, you know, after i have 2 weeks of losses, like no 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 guy, no, you don't get 3 weeks in a row. <laughs> so i always end up having some kind of gain. And it's just like clockwork. I I can't I explain why. I you see my tracker, it's like no different than the previous week. Only Saturday night is the only wild card meal. Every other meal is identical throughout the whole week, right? So if I eat five times a day, like I explained last week, that's 35 meals a week, and only one of them is different (laughs) every Saturday. So you know what? Whatever it is, it is. The pound came on, and the pound will come off just the same. That's all there is to it. And you know, it's funny. I think... Because you know, when I record these episodes for you guys, I have everything written in front of me of ideas of what I want to say. So really, it's like one sentence that triggers a whole bunch of thoughts that I want to tell you guys, right? So it's almost like knocking a domino over, and then it the flood comes of all the dominoes following after that, right? And I think writing these goals down every week on because I have to I want the numbers in front of me gained one pound amount of pounds lost this month amount of pounds lost total, I want all of that in front of me, because I don't want to be searching for it. And I swear that since I've been keeping keeping such close track of these numbers, since I'm recording and, and reporting to you guys every every week, I feel like it's helped (laughs) in a way. It's weird, you know, because it's very easy to lose track of the amount of weight. When you have a gain, I had a gain over the holidays of 15, almost 15 pounds, 14 point whatever. Okay. I Can't remember off the top of my head the exact number, but it's over 14, but less than 15. Okay. And I had that number written down every week. I had it written down how much, How much gain, how much holiday gain do I have to lose? And that's what I did. Kept losing it. And I would bring that number down, tick it down, tick it down, and it eventually is gone now. And I think that really has helped keep my focus on what, you know, what is important because it's very easy to forget details like, you know, the total amount of pounds you've achieved and when you start concentrating on other things, you know it's it becomes something lost in the system. so if you have a series of gains, let's say you reach a hundred pounds lost, and then suddenly after that, you have a series of weeks where you gain, and now all of a sudden you're back to like seventy five pounds lost now sometimes the the foresight or the hindsight to see that you had once Being at 100 is overshadowed by the fact that you gained 25 and it cannot be so. You lost the 100, you gained some, but you will lose 100 again. If you did it once, why can't you do it again? Am I right? Who cares if you had a gain? Make, if you feel like you need to make a change, make a change. If you want to keep it consistent to see if this gain is something that could turn into a trend, keep it consistent. Sometimes keeping it consistent is more important than making changes. And that's all up to you. I think in my past, I have always done things on an emotional basis where I make so many different choices based on what happens on the scale. And make so many different changes where if I would have just kept my head on straight and stayed consistent, I probably would have ended up finding more success. And so that is where I decided this time around, I would concentrate on consistency at all costs, being consistent regardless of the situation so that I can eliminate anomalies Because if everything is different every day of the week, how do you make changes? How do you know what went wrong? If every day of the week, every meal of the week is different, how do you know what went wrong? Well, obviously, if you have a binge eating issue, then yes, okay, that could be part of the problem. But if you don't, and it just seems like a normal week to you, but you've never done anything consistent, how do you know? Then the truth is you don't. And that brings me to today's topic, measuring success. How many different ways do you guys measure your success in this uh, weight loss journey we're on? Now, you know, just just to list a few ways, we're going to go over that right now. Obviously, the scale is our measurement of success. Now, there have been many people that have said, well, the number on that scale doesn't define you. And I say, you're right. It doesn't define me as an individual, but it does define my financial status with Weight Watchers. (laughs) Because as long as that scale says something other than goal and lifetime, I'm paying Weight Watchers to be a member. And my goal, part of one of my goals is to become somebody that costs Weight Watchers money, not someone that gives Weight Watchers money, okay? Okay. So that is my goal. My goal is not necessarily a number on a scale anymore. It's to get to the point where Weight Watcher says, okay, you don't have to pay anymore. And whatever that number is, it is. And it'll be a wonderful day when I get there. And I will get there. So the scale, as much as it doesn't define us, it's still the measurement of success we need in order to achieve the status of, I'm lifetime. I no longer pay Weight Watchers. I'm costing them money. I love the sound of that, by the way. <laughs> um, another way we can measure success, obviously, is measurements. You measured your chest, waist, legs, whatever, whatever you measure, right? You measured all that in the beginning. And then maybe you do it once a month after that. And that's that's another way to measure success. And there's no arguing with that number, right? Because you could physically see it. You wrote it down from the previous time, right? So as long as you're writing it down, no one could take those achievements away from you. Another way to tell you're successful. I've seen this happen in a number of people where the scale is not moving anywhere but their clothes are falling off of them. Yeah, it's it's crazy how that works, right? The scale is not moving, but the clothes are falling off. So maybe you're not losing weight. Maybe the weight is changing. Maybe instead of fat causing the number to be at that maybe it's muscle causing the number to be at the scale of what it is, right? So that's that's a reason You would want to be or that's a reason why clothing would be a way to measure success. Consistency is also a way to measure success. If you set a goal for yourself and I'm not talking about a weight goal here, I'm talking about like, okay, maybe you don't move at all, right? Maybe you just follow plan food wise, but you don't want to exercise for whatever reason and you set a goal saying I'm going to walk three days a week for 20 minutes for four weeks I'm going to do it every Monday Wednesday Friday for the next four weeks I will not make any changes to this plan until the end of that four weeks or I will not make any changes to this plan until I have successfully completed four straight weeks of walking three days a week for 20 minutes. So if you make it to that fourth week and that third walk is just about finished, you know you consistently walked three days a week for four weeks. You set a goal for yourself. You achieve that goal. It has nothing to do with the scale. It has to do with your abilities. So, this certainly is another way to measure success. Well, maybe I can't do, I couldn't do 20 minutes in the beginning. Maybe I could only do 15. So, you do 15 for four weeks. And at the end of the four weeks, when you achieve that consistency goal, Now we try for 20 and you do that again, three days a week for four weeks and you don't stop doing it until it's consistent. So if you skip one, you would go on and keep going until it was four straight weeks. It would all basically reset if you skipped on it. Why do I tell you these things? I tell you because when I decided I would finally start moving this is the exact decision process I went through because even though I had already lost 50 pounds because my first 50 pounds was lost without exercise, it was very difficult for me to move. I didn't have the stamina. I didn't have the tolerance to move. My My heart rate would shoot way up in, in, in insane levels because I was out of shape. So I said, I'm making a commitment to myself. I will walk 15 minutes, three days a week for four weeks. I tried that the first day and I found 15 minutes was nothing. I didn't even feel like I was working yet. So on the first day I said, no, it's got to be 20. So I went to 20 and I stopped because I was, I was say, I felt safe. At 20, I didn't want to push it too hard the first time and then cause problems where I didn't want to walk the second day. After the first four weeks of walking 20 minutes a day for three days a week, I went up to 30 minutes a day, three days a week. And I committed again to four additional weeks. I did not make any changes until I completed The next four weeks. At the end of those four weeks, I went to 45 minutes. And then I went additional commitment of four weeks at 45 minute walks, three days a week. On the next juncture, I went from three days to four days, but I kept it 45 minutes. And then I went from four days at 45 minutes to four days at 60 minutes. And since then, it has gone up to now, which is five or six days a week, anywhere between one and one and a half hours walking. And it doesn't have to be like this. I, I did it like this because it was time, measuring time was just my way of handling the fact that I could not go far, right? I was so out of shape I basically just paced my parking lot. I walked outside at 4 o'clock in the morning. And I just kept pacing until uh, 20 minutes was up. When 20 minutes was up, I walked back in the house. And I did that every time. Finally, I gained a certain amount of confidence. And I was bored out of my mind of being in my own parking lot. That I decided to venture out. And suddenly, distance... Started to get come into play. How far would I walk? How far did I feel safe walking? And I, I say that word safe. It's, it's not like I, I felt like I was going to be threatened. I say feel safe meaning. Can, do I have the endurance? Because the last thing I wanted to do was like. Sit here and make a phone call to my wife. Oh come get me. I can't make it back. You know. So I kept it. Small. As small as possible. And every time, every time those four weeks were up and it was time to make a change, I only got more excited because it meant I was doing these things consistently for four weeks at a time and I was achieving them. And I don't know that in my past I ever achieved anything like that. Now, once you're used to achieving consistency goals, and it's, you know, in the beginning, it becomes a big deal, right? But eventually, being consistent is just part of the job now. You can't celebrate it all the time. It's just part of the job. So that's when you have to set another goal, right? So I ran, I was running out of ways to create new ways to measure success. And then I found something when I was dealing with a personal trainer, I found something called an in body scan or it's also called Body Composition Scan. Now, InBody, I believe, is the name of a company. And they're the, the makers of this special kind of scale. Now, it's a... Picture a scale, okay? And where you step is the normal platform of a scale. But there are metal plates on that platform. And you make sure your heel touches one and your, the ball of your foot touches the other. On both feet. Now, coming up from this platform is like a pole. On the end of the pole, there's a screen. And the screen has two poles that come out sideways from either side. And these, on the end of these poles, are handlebars with also metal pads. So now when you're holding these metal pads, and you're stepping on the metal plates, and the person pushes the button to start the scan. This scale doesn't just weigh you. It then measures body fat percentage. It could tell you where in your body you carry the fat. Yeah, you, you know, it'll say your arm weighs 10 pounds, whatever it is. And X percentage of your arm, your left arm is fat. It, it gets that detailed. And I believe, I don't, I'm not sure, don't quote me on this, but I believe some of these places that do this also can measure even the amount of water you carry. I don't know how, if that's really possible. I thought I read it in one of the in-body uh, scan articles a, a while back, but I never really confirmed it. So that, don't hold me to that. That is maybe a possibility, But maybe it's only a possibility in certain kinds of in-body scans. I don't know. No idea. But if you're interested, if if the scale hasn't moved in weeks and you're ready to go outside your mind in insanity, maybe an in-body scan is just what you need to give yourself a new measurement. Now, if you've never done it before, obviously the first time is going to be a baseline, right? Right. But at least you get the knowledge. You get a printout, a detailed, um, a very, very detailed printout of what's going on in your body. Between muscle, fat, where you carry that muscle and fat, how much muscle and fat. If this is something you're interested in, the easy way to do it is go to Google and search in body scan near me. And any location where you can get an in-body scan should pop up on the map. And now the cost of this, I'm not sure. It didn't cost me anything because my personal trainer at the time had access to the machine and he just did it for me. Now, if you were just somebody who walked in the door saying, can I have an in-body scan, would they charge you? Yeah, there's a possibility they charge you. And someone, you know, once had told me that, GNC does it. Again, I can't confirm it. I never walked into a GNC and did it. It was my personal trainer who did it for me. He's the only reason I ever knew that in body scans existed. I had no idea otherwise. But this is a measurable amount of data you can collect. And whether you want to do this once a month, once every 2 months whatever this is up to you completely once a quarter or every time you think you're in a plateau maybe it's not a plateau at all maybe the amount of fat you're losing is converting to muscle mass or maybe you're losing muscle mass you know there's a whole, there's so many different things right you could be you could see the scale drop tremendously and you could be so happy because that scale is going down but in actuality if you were doing an in body scan consistently you can see that the actual weight that went down wasn't fat it was muscle yes it is possible to lose muscle and not fat and there are there are a bunch of different ways you can do this but it all comes down to how hard you're pushing yourself the extreme nature of your heart rate during these workouts or whatever versus your caloric intake, what types of food you're taking in, if you're not taking in enough protein and you're only taking in carbohydrates, it's, there's so many different variables here. Okay. And if you're not feeding the body what it needs, it will go after your body for what it needs. If you don't give it enough protein, it'll go after your muscle and burn muscle instead of fat because that's where the protein is available. And I don't know what kind of levels of heart rate we're talking to get to this point, but for different people at different sizes, getting to these heart rates would be completely different. For someone who was 100 pounds wet, trying to get to the level of a heart rate that would cause this issue, it would cause an extreme amount of work where in someone who is obese, 400 pounds, would just need to walk 10 feet and all of a sudden they were in, their heart is in such duress that it could send the brain into an, a mode where it is burning muscle because that person didn't take in enough protein. So having in-body scans is always another way to measure and keep your sanity when the scale doesn't look like it's moving. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about embracing failure.
0: Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for listening to the Ranting Weight Watcher. If you would like to connect on social media we would love to connect with you on facebook and instagram search for at the ranting weight watcher. on twitter search for at the ranting www. on the weight watchers connect app search for at ranting weight watcher you can also email the show say hello or share your story with us send your emails to the at gmail.com we look forward to hearing from you. If this is your first time here and you enjoyed the show, please like, share, comment, and subscribe. If the podcast app you are listening with allows you to rate the show, please leave a four-star or five-star rating, whatever is in your heart to leave. Any rating is greatly appreciated. And now, without further delay, here is the star of the show, Donato Russo.
1: sticking with me. So, for the second part of the show today, I feel like I need to vent a little bit. Now, we're going to talk about failure, but it's not going to be my failure. I saw one of the people who I follow, her journey. I'm not going to say any names anywhere. I'm going to protect everybody involved. So one of the people I follow on her journey, she posts something on social media saying she's struggling at the moment. You know, she's talking about how she's really trying really hard to do the right thing. Someone responds to this post and their response is, my therapist told me 20 years ago, either you're going to do it or not do it, trying simply implies the possibility of failure it changed my life now the word try is like fingernails on a chalkboard there's there's so many things about this that make me insane they make me insane and it's like th- this almost reminds me of people that they seem to believe in heaven but they never mention a hell It's like heaven is there and everybody's going to make it. No, not how it goes. And so it's not exactly the same thing, but I'm going to get you there. Hold on. Stick with me. Trying implies the possibility of failure. So what are you going to do? Pretend failure doesn't exist? Are you going to try? Are are you just never going to set a goal in the fear that you don't make that goal because then it would imply failure? What do you do? Just sit in the middle of the ocean with a a boat with no oars and float and hope to make it there someday? I don't get it. I don't get it. You know, I had to... I didn't really tell many people about this, but right before I started with Weight Watchers... I I had to go see a doctor uh, because there was the possibility that I could have a revision surgery. What is a revision surgery? So the thing that people with gastric bypass surgeons, they don't tell you is like somewhat like 40% of the people that have gastric bypass surgery eventually gain all of their weight back. Now, that 40% number might be different now. This is, a, this is a number from years ago, right? So it might be higher, it might be lower, whatever it is. Let's just call it 40 because that's what it was when I heard it. 40% of the people eventually, not right away, eventually would gain all of their weight back and more, okay? So on the rise came the answer, a revision gastric bypass surgery. And so what they would do is go in and make the stomach smaller again, right? So because the people didn't change their behavior, they just stayed the way they were doing. They just ate less of the stuff that they were eating, of the bad choices they were making. Eventually, it caught up with them. They started to gain weight back. And whether or not they gained all of it back, anyway, it brings up the possibility of revision surgery, so that became a question in my life. Would I like revision surgery? And so I said, you know what, we can give it a, let's give it a thought. Let's see, you know, whatever. And so the doctor said, well, you're going to have to go through all the same stuff that you went through the first time, you know, seeing a, a therapist and all that stuff and everything that you do when you go through a weight loss surgery. So I made an appointment with a therapist And so after a few minutes with the therapist, the therapist encouraged me that I should keep coming and I should be a regular patient. You know, what the hell? I'll give it a shot, right? I started going once a week uh, during my lunch hour to this therapist. And I swear to God, I don't know, I I don't want to generalize, but it feels like the main job of a therapist is to find someone in your life to blame for whatever went wrong. Anyone except you, okay? And I'm sure there are are a billion of therapists out there, and I don't even know if one is listening to me or not, or that would say otherwise. That's fine. I'm just telling you my experience for both times. So I had to go to a therapist the first time, I had the gastric bypass. So then there was a possibility of a revision. This is a completely different state, a completely different therapist. And here we are. The exact same practice. Find someone in your life to blame all of your problems on because it can't be you. Okay. So now I'm going to explain to you if you don't know me, I am probably the definition of stubborn. By definition, I am stubborn. I am stubborn just because, okay? It's how I'm built. I don't really care. It's what it is. It is what it is. I I wasn't made this way for no reason. I don't know really why, but eventually I'll find out God made me this way. I'm this way for a reason. And at some point I'll figure that out, hopefully soon. But you have to work very hard to convince me of anything. Okay, so we would go back and forth and I was going once a week, once a week, once a week and we'd go back and forth every single time. Every time he tried to blame something in my life on somebody else and I said to him, at some point it is my fault for still holding on to whatever the issue is. This issue happened years and years ago. At some point, it should become my responsibility to hold on to or let go of, shouldn't it? Oh, you know, well, 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 that, that was the kind of answer I got all the time. Well, you know, well, you know, it was like a sidestep, not an answer, not a nothing. It was not, it, it sounded more, it was like an insecure way of answering me, like get, just stepping out of the way of the question. That's not how you answer me. I seem to have this talent where not only can I hear what you are saying to me when you answer my question, I can hear what you're not saying to me. And I tend to pay attention to what you're not saying more than I pay attention to what you are saying. It's just how I work. It's gotten me this far. So I got to the point where we kept going back and forth, and I said, you know what? I'm doing more time. I spend more time debating this guy than I do. Whatever he, I, I'm sure at some point it became his headache. I just stopped going. Because if, if you're not going to acknowledge at some point, does it become my fault? If you're not going to even say, you know what, you're right. You got to let go. I, I, we're wasting our time. We're wasting our time. So it brings me to this. It brings me back to this, this person. Trying implies the possibility of failure. I don't know how long you guys have been with me. I don't know if you've heard every episode, but I believe I mentioned this before. Success and failure. You cannot invite one in your life without the other. They're like spouse. Uh, they're, They're like a married couple. Success and failure. Okay? You're not just inviting one of them to the house. They both come. They're a unit. No one ever just gets success all the time. Eventually comes failure but what does failure do? What is really, what's failure there for? Failure is there to teach us what we've done wrong so that we can achieve more success. And that's where it has to change. Your vision of failure has to change in order for you to ever achieve the success you're attempting to achieve. It doesn't matter how much weight you have to lose. It doesn't matter, even if this has nothing to do with weight, if you're trying to start a new business, if you this applies to everything in life. If you're inviting success into your life, failure is right behind her. And that's it. They're a married couple. They belong together. You get, you don't get one without the other. The idea is embrace the failure. Because the failure is like that best friend that you have in your life. And I'm sure everyone that listens to me has that one person in their life that tells it like it is, no matter how bad it hurts. And you know everything coming out of that person's mouth is right, but you can't stand listening to them. That's what failure is. Failure is that kind of friend. It's the kind of friend that shows you the mirror and says, look what you did. That's why you're in this position. Make the correction, move forward. That's what failure is. Nobody likes failure, and it's fine. Failure is okay with being the bad guy. Failure is okay with that. They can live with themselves. When they go to sleep every night, they sleep comfortably because it's a black and white world, and it's we are the ones making all the gray. We are. Until you embrace failure, you will never achieve the level of success, you may achieve some success, but you're not going to achieve levels to which you dream to achieve, regardless of what it is you're doing. If it's business, if it's education, whatever it is. If you're a high school football coach and your dream was to be in the NFL and you're not willing to embrace failure, chances are you're going to stay a high school coach. And that's all. Because that's where you're comfortable. In order to achieve success, sometimes you got to become uncomfortable. And facing your failure is very, very uncomfortable. I hope you got something out of this. This person truly motivated me to lay it all on the line with you. It's so so important to be honest with yourself in all of this i'm not telling you to beat yourself up but you know what if you did something wrong acknowledge that you did something wrong correct the issue and move forward nobody's perfect all of the time nobody anybody pretending to be is lying they are lying anybody who looks perfect all of the time is lying because there's no such thing there's no such thing as perfect there was one perfect person that ever walked the face of this earth and that was Jesus Christ and the world crucified him if you see someone that looks perfect and the world loves him liar because the truth doesn't bring followers the, the truth is the truth it's not a, it's not a popular thought and if you're not willing to look at the truth of you any of your whatever your situation whatever you're trying to do it's not just about weight loss it's about life if you're not willing to see what you're doing wrong how are you ever going to achieve success in whatever you're trying to do? You cannot do it. It is impossible. Embrace the failure. Embrace the teacher that is in failure because whatever you can learn from your failures, you can change it. It's not set in stone. Make the change Do what needs to be done and achieve the success you've always wanted to achieve. It's as simple as that. It's at your fingertips and all you got to do is do the hard thing and rip the band-aid off. For once in your life, face the truth for what it is. Face the truth and achieve the success you've always dreamed of. Pretty simple. I love each and every one of you. God bless you all.